1: Was a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? This is the Stupid
0: Cancer Show. Uh oh, sounds like somebody's got a case of the (laughs) mundus.
1: There, children! Hey, hey, kids! <laughs>
2: People seem to like me because I am polite and I'm rarely late.
3: And now, the hosts of the Stupid Cancer Show,
4: Lisa hard and Matthew Zeppelin. Woo-hoo! Nothing is anything wrong with us. Oh, Yeah. Monday,
2: September 13th, and welcome to Season 7 of the Stupid Cancer Show. The voice of young adults with cancer, I am Matthew Zachary, a 14-year young adult survivor of pediatric brain cancer.
0: And I am Lisa Bernhard, a 15-year young adult breast cancer survivor, and we are your hosts for the Stupid Cancer Show.
2: Got cancer under 40? Sucks, huh? Well, get busy living. Because the Stupid Cancer Show is here to change the world one chemo infusion at a time.
0: Tonight's show, Showtime's The Big C. But first in our Survivor Spotlight, Stephanie LaRue, young adult survivor, breast cancer, survivor, spokesmodel, patient advocate, and good friend to the Stupid Cancer Show. And Darlene Hunt, actor, writer, comedian, creator, and executive producer of Showtime's The Big C.
2: Uh, As a reminder, this broadcast is a production of the I'm Too Young for This Cancer Foundation online at i2y.com. We help young adults fight cancer every day and are bringing the cause of cancer under 40 to the national spotlight where it belongs, because it's not okay that 70,000 young adults are diagnosed with cancer every year. So hello, my friends and your friends and our friends, and welcome to yet another exciting, fun-filled romp through the hay on tonight's Stupid Cancer Show. Where remission is not a cure, and survivorship is all that matters.
0: And a stupid cancer welcome to all of our first-time listeners on the Blog Talk Radio Network and iTunes as we broadcast live, all the way live from the Chemo Deck, our fabulous studio in downtown Manhattan.
2: So now it's unfortunately time to uh, welcome our Chief Cancer Anarchist, VP of Grassroots Programming, uh, Mr. Jack Buford. Hello, Jack. Hello, Jack.
4: Hi, but what, what do you mean, unfortunately? It's just a shame we keep finding the studio every week. You know Why? Plus, there's food here. That's correct. Yes.
0: And we leave crumbs on the ground.
4: And without me, <laughs> without me, the show wouldn't have 270,000 listens. 275.
0: Woo. And as always, well, oh.
4: ah. we are right.
0: jo- we are joined by our fabulous, in spirit, not uh, here physically tonight, but in spirit, we are joined by our fabulous broadcast production assistant, young adult survivor Amanda Freeman. And I'm sorry, I cut off part of what are Jack's duties here tonight on the. Super yeah, Jack. Canada what are you show. doing here,
2: by the way? My yes. duties. Yes. Stop it. Not my son's duties. What are your duties? D-U-T-I-E-S, Miss Bernhard. So, well, Jack went you. to college. No, he
4: didn't. Jack went to high school.
0: What are you going to do on the, with the chat and room?
4: And the prof. <laughs> what are you going to do with the
0: chat room tonight, Jack?
4: Well, we got a lot of people in the chat room, some new faces. And uh, it looks like we got a good crowd. So certainly send us your questions, and I will relay them to our fabulous host, Ann Matthew. And,
0: uh, we got a rocking chat room tonight. Oh, yeah, God. we do.
4: And uh, I will uh, be monitoring it, so well, send, send us your questions and your comments. Yes, and, and talk into the microphone. That's what I am so doing. Not when, you, not when you stare at your laptop like that. I wasn't staring at my laptop. I was staring at Lisa. Okay. That's a, that's a better
2: excuse mm-hmm. to you see, like how, you see
4: how You how, see how she's all like pink, rosy, and blushy right now? We have an in-studio
2: guest tonight. In fact, we perfect. have several in-studio There's guests no tonight. Um, I would like to welcome to the uh, Stupid Cancer Show live here on the chemo deck, Lynn McGuire.
1: Hi. Hi Lynn, how are you? Hi, I'm well, thanks. Uh,
2: and how much are you getting paid to be here?
1: I'm not getting paid anything. And you're to... in the wrong place. <laughs> I'm, I'm being paid in kind. In kindness <laughs> by uh, Jack Bupard. I don't like so this. so kind to me.
4: I, I, I mean, I do like her, but I don't like what she represents.
0: Let's tell everybody what Lynn represents. Lynn
4: represents, represents
2: nutrition, too, wellness, uh, self-image, uh, positivity, good karma. Oh, um, and and a <laughs> beloved need to stalk my Facebook wall.
0: <laughs> that's why that's none true. of the guys around here are. <laughs> too key. They love her personally, but but uh, they're not uh, they're not on board with what she represents, which is eating well and being healthy and feeling good about yourself, which I wholeheartedly endorse, Lynn. I'm ah. thrilled to have you here.
2: And we also have um, Mark Kwan, is here tonight. Mark is a brand new intern for the I'mt Young this Cancer Foundation. He is also a long-term childhood cancer survivor. So congratulations and thank you for uh, tolerating us enough to still be here.
0: We have some great interns. He's waving.
2: He's waving. He's not near the Thumbs mic. Thumbs up. And uh, Kenny Kane, our Vice President of Operations, and his lovely girlfriend, Erin Eloise Hulberg, young adult breast cancer survivor, is here. The Rusties. The Rusties, yes. Our gingelets are over there.
0: Our ginger Other th- Mr. Yes. and Mrs. Redhead, Ginger, I like the Rusties now. The Rusties. Yeah. I can, deal
2: with, I can do that.
0: Yeah. They were Mr. and Mrs. Ginger. Now they're the Rusties. I
2: like that. I can, yeah. I can totally do the Rusties. Okay. I'm all for that. Great. So, um, anyway, so uh, what do we got going on? I uh, would say the, the top news here would be Stand Up to Cancer, which was on pretty much every channel on television uh, last Friday. Um, for those of you that are not aware, or perhaps the three of you are living in Iraq, uh, not under a rock, in a rock. Because if you're under a rock, you can crawl out of it. If you're in a rock, you have no way of getting there. Good point. Is that uh, Stand Up to Cancer is a brand new, well, it's two years old now, but a brand new sort of model in cancer research fundraising originated by the folks in Hollywood at the Entertainment Industry Foundation, uh, run by such noble laureates as Noreen Frazier, uh, Laura Ziskin, uh, Katie Couric, Lansing, Sherry Lansing, big uh, producer Lily Tartikoff, Lisa Paulson, we ran them all off. That's really cool. Nice,
0: um, nicely done.
2: And and it's it's important to make a distinction as to why this is relevant, why this is important, why if you're a young adult, this is where you should throw your research dollars and nowhere else but stand up to cancer. Is that they fund only research that is called translational, and this is very important, kiddies. So listen up. Translational research means that all the stuff the scientists do with their little jars turns into a pill in about a year and a half versus basic research, which sits in a lab for eight years and tells us that lung cancer is caused by smoking. I just completely distilled that down to third grade (laughs)
4: level.
2: But the future of cancer research is translational research and genomics, all about our genes. It's no longer about the part of your body that gets cancer. It's about your DNA and your makeup and why you get cancer in the first place. That is 100% of where all your dollar goes to funding that type of research with Stand Up to Cancer. It was an incredible experience this year.
0: And they're always going to get the biggest stars. Because they
2: well, they're there. Hollywood. They made $140 the was, million yes. dollars in an hour and they a half. Made,
0: they made a lot of money.
2: I call those Tuesdays. That's more than me. <laughs> Jack, yes. if you were there, they would have lost money.
4: What? Yes.
0: Oh, it was their second special. 140 million. Yeah. So Matthew was there. I could not be there, but Matthew went with the chairman of our board, our I2Y board, Dr. Leonard Sender. Who
2: was on the show last week. Yes, who was on our show last week
0: with Laura Ziskin. Yes. Who was one of the co-founders of Stand Up to Cancer and Ethan Zahn. Wait, we had them
2: on the show the week before the Stand Up to Cancer went on? We did that. That's an amazing coincidence.
4: We're smart. That is programming at a We time. are so smart.
0: Every once in a while, S-N-R-T. we hit it just right. Yes. Wait, well, hold we, on a second. We did can it? figure it out. We look at the calendar and we say, wait, that date looks like it's close to that <laughs> date. Didn't we
4: come back from hiatus a week early because of that show? That's exactly we it. We
0: did. We actually worked on Labor Day. <clears throat>
4: That's right.
0: the, we blood, got... the blood I flew period. across
4: the country all day to be here in time for that thing at the Cancer show. Yes, you did.
0: From goofing off at some concert somewhere, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I wasn't
4: you. goofing off. It was, it, was, it was serious business. He was something off. <laughs> wait, What? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh dear.
2: But anyway, like I am I'm, I'm um I love stars and celebrities. I'm I'm one of those people that just totally digs them and I know they're real people cuz I've met them, but I just love celebrities and I got to meet some really cool people that I would never met before and uh it was just fantastic. I met Dr. Oz. I met Sanjay Gupta. I met Stevie Wonder. I don't think he saw me, but I Oh, oh shit.
0: Matthew. I met Herbie
2: Hancock. <laughs> I met Jay Leno. That man is, is is very big, very tall.
4: He's a tall dude. Does he have a large bigger man. head than
2: Kenny Kane? A, yes, he does, actually. He's a very large man. Um, I met uh, Seth McFarlane, a Family Guy fame. Yeah. And the only reason I met Seth MacFarlane is because I was chasing after Seth Rogen. I shouted the name Seth, but Seth Rogen didn't hear me, and Seth MacFarlane turned around. Well, but were you going after Rogen's weed or something? I was going after Rogen and his weed, yes.
0: Well, I've spent the past... Oh, what is it? 20-odd years of my life immersed in the celebrity world?
4: You're desensitized. This doesn't bother you at all. Wait, hold on. Matt, didn't you do um, a duet with, Steve, uh, with uh, Neil Diamond at Stand Up the Cancer? No, that was Herbie Hancock. Oh, that's right.
0: He wanted to. He loves Neil Diamond. I
2: love Neil Diamond. We don't want I to publicize unabashedly that. unabashedly unembarrassed to love Neil Diamond.
0: Okay. Um, Cherry's a good song. Is that what it's just called? Cherry? Is Cherry? the way to move me, Cherry?
4: You've got the way to you've move You've got, got a way yeah, to yeah. move me. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, That's a good one.
4: I would cue that up, but I don't have a... No. That's or that's or that's as Lisa that. likes to sing to me, you've got to move away from me.
0: <laughs> Jackie. Uh, yeah, so I've... No, but I, I've met uh, Katie and uh, had the pleasure of being yeah, on the... Katie this, Couric. Being on the lovely Show with woman, her a smart. bunch of times. Uh, lovely woman. And she said a lot of good things when she was on the Today Show. And uh, now with the evening news, talking about colon cancer, obviously, with her right, husband... Right who died of colon cancer. Oh,
2: you know what? I nearly tripped Ryan Williams. Nicely done. Yeah. Maybe should I should... Next year, <laughs>
0: next year Next year, I'll, I'll be there to make He's sure that tall. don't He's a tall guy. And that you get the right Seth yes. n- next year.
2: Oh, God. Seth Rogen, you're not listening, but if you were, please call me.
0: But some good performances. Matthew and Dr. Sender were flashed on, on the screen there for uh, a few seconds. We got to see you. Yay,
2: 300 million people saw me for a nanosecond. I missed it. I I did. I, I watched it, but I missed it. Dr. Sender's daughter took a picture of the television with her camera the moment he and I flashed up in the audience for the jib shot and boom, we were there on Facebook. Funny. That's
0: great. We were, we were very excited about that. We're going to get to our first uh, guest and then we're going to come yeah. back and we're going to talk to Lynn and all sorts of good stuff and then we're going to get to our big guest. What time is it?
2: Alrighty. Eight. Twelve. All right, in our Survivor Spotlight tonight is an old friend of mine who began modeling and acting while in college, and then transitioned from playing indoor to beach volleyball, and at the age of 30 was diagnosed with stage four metastatic breast cancer and given a fabulous one-year lifespan. Ain't that great? After choosing all this aggressive, complementary, and integrative therapy, she emerged as a vigilant activist, encouraging healthy lifestyle choices that include not eating with Jack LaFarty. Anyway, she shared her story of survival through many news media outlets. And uh, this November will be her five-year Cancerversary. She is an extraordinary young woman. She's gorgeous, sexy, intelligent, fantastic. I love her to death. Please welcome to the Stupid Cancer Show returning champion, Stephanie LaRue. Hello, Stephanie. Hello, boys.
1: Hey, um, that's that <laughs> my
4: time. That I'm of here too. Yes. Uh, you know,
1: it's it's almost like hanging out with the boys, though. You know what I, I know. mean? I Just know. because we can handle them.
0: That's, I know. <laughs> um, unfortunately for us. And yeah. you do
2: handle them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well,
1: I
2: try. We do, although Lisa keeps pointing out that we definitely need a little more estrogen with an I2Y. Yeah, well,
1: so do I. I've been in menopause for five years, so there you go. (laughs) If you're you're passing it out, you know, (laughs) I can come my way, too.
0: (laughs) Stephanie, what are you up to? I see your fabulous photos on red carpets, and uh, I suppose for the first-time listeners, give us a quick thumbnail of your uh, diagnoses and where you're at, and then let's uh, catch up and and tell us uh, all kinds of cool things that you're doing.
1: Um, cool things I'm doing? Wow. Well, honestly, I was just uh, at the Playboy Mansion a couple of nights ago honoring <laughs> the How you there? <laughs> that, that, that,
0: got, that got everybody's attention. In the
1: yeah, well, I mean, that's what, that's what I'm doing. I'm it's am so over going to the Playboy Mansion. Let me I, well, so am I. So am I. However, you know, with the exploitation of, of you know, nothing but boobs there you know, and I've got the lack of, I kind of always appreciate going and, you know, it's like shopping for me, you know, I see all different shapes and sizes and colors and perky and non and you know it's it's interesting but i didn't go i've been there several times i've actually spoken at a couple of events there for for breast cancer awareness which is very interesting but um i went there to see the fights i went there to see the ultimate fighting um championships that they had there for men and women so i went with chewie who's a very dear friend of mine and uh it was really cool we got to sit in the front row and um you know watch the fights and uh just enjoy some non boob time, I guess. Um, <laughs> does,
2: does that exist? Is there non boob time? I've ionic? never.
4: I could say since the age of thirteen, I've never had non boob time. <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> well, you
1: know, like you said, you, you, you just kind of you're over it. Especially when you see all the girls there walking around so naked. It's just. It's like a a way of life there. You know. Yeah, that's it's,
2: something I would never get over either. <laughs> <laughs> Where is the, play? or is the get Playboy? The Playboy Mansion in Los Angeles County somewhere? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, Never on, it's been, sort of sunset. been go. I'm your date next time, guarantee. No. Okay. All right.
0: <laughs> but back, back up for us a little bit, Stephanie. Tell us. So you're five years out now. Tell us folks again about your diagnosis.
2: And
1: what um, you, well, got got a, your path. A broken record, you know, did I tell you about the diagnosis? Diagnosed at 30, you know, caught off guard, initially misdiagnosed by three different doctors here in L.A. because they... Basically said I was too young at 30. I didn't have a family history. The profile of the lump in my breast was painful, so that meant that it also wasn't breast cancer. Right. Um, this
0: is the and, same thing to me. Right. It's yeah. Painful, you know, it's you don't fit the mold. Right. You don't, the mold, you don't fit
1: the mold. You don't fit the mold. You don't fit the profile. You know, girl like you, healthy in shape, you know, beautiful. It's kind of like I got discriminated against, I feel, um, because of the physical aspect as well as, you know, the... the Genetic history um, not being present, but you know, I, I went through treatment, chemo, surgeries, radiation, physical therapy, um, uh, lots of nausea, uh, and um, <laughs> survived. And you know, and it's been it's been a little difficult because uh, you know, a few months back, um, lost one of my best friends, uh, Kristen Martinez. She passed oh, away, well. and uh,
4: I know we were diagnosed so six weeks
1: apart. And, wow. uh, with the same thing, both stage four, both to the spine, and, uh, we met at the YSC conference, um, four and a half years Survival, ago.
0: Yeah, the Young Survival Coalition are good friends who we've Yeah,
1: very yeah. Much, and
0: they do good things for young women yeah. under 40 with, with breast
1: cancer, so. Yeah, she was yeah, yeah they hit on all the points of, you know, being young, trying to date, being single, infertility, menopause, you know, having kids, not having kids, all that stuff, so. So yeah, they're a great organization, they, they do amazing things for all of us, um, younger ones especially. You know, when it comes to being a woman, but it's just like what you guys are doing you know um it's good work and it's good um you know advocacy work for young people because we you know we have voices, we have bold voices, and you know it's I know for me I just do it because obviously I'm living and still journeying through it, but it's also for people like Kristen, you know it sucks that she she. she she didn't get to celebrate her five year anniversary. you know I have like this enormous guilt at times where I'm counting the days down, but I'm also scared shitless, but I'm also you know grateful to be alive and and I just try to remember that to celebrate all of their lives, the ones that you know have not had the opportunity to to stick around and um for whatever reason, just honor them, you know well just said. honor them. Yeah. Well, it's it's you know it's about being humble and gracious for life, you know, and and living through that. So I I always try to honor them because you know they put up fights, you know, especially Kristen and so many other young women, so strong and you know living with life with you know full of balls and um, just having no fear, you know, just speaking out on truth and reality and living an authentic life. That's just I try to do that every day and. Help others, you know, because I had plenty of people help me. Guess who I am now. So, so yeah, thankful for that. Playboy Mansion. Been to a couple concerts. David Gray, Le- Ray LaMontagne at the Greek Theater. Saw the Kings of Leon. I, I, you know, I try to really just keep my lifestyle as active as possible with, um, uh, you know, keeping my brain and my spirit and my soul nourished and, and stimulated. Um I wish I could say the same for the physical aspect of it but I've been a little lacking there. So <laughs> you know you were talking about earlier um uh some of the things that just you know you got to keep you got to keep going with your life and and doing things like stand up to cancer is the people that you get to meet and the people that you want to meet and you're so determined you know to well, work on some bigger projects with certain folks and so i just i have that that goal set as well in my mind it's just to wake up every day with anticipation um with grace and uh with an enthusiasm that you know hey i got to wake up today now what am i going to do about it you know so one of the things which i'm so pissed at my dallas cowboys lost yesterday being a texas girl moving here to la from dallas i couldn't be more depressed or or disappointed, and, and, you know, not just Roma, but the whole team. But this year we are hosting the Super Bowl in Dallas at the new stadium. And my goal, like you were talking about with Seth earlier, Matthew, is is to go to that game. <laughs> I don't care what i got to do. I'm going.
0: <laughs> to, go, to go to the Super Bowl?
1: Yeah. It's, in, it's at the new stadium in Dallas. So yeah. I'm, go- I'm going back home somehow if I have to hitchhike the whole way back and <laughs> do it. Doing you know a couple of sneaky things to get in. I'm going to that game. So we'll right, well, right on. Stephanie,
0: yeah. tell, tell us more about your. So you go, you you speak at various events, and uh, you work at a you work at a hedge fund. Is that right? Tell us kind of more about your life and.
4: Uh, well, I manage of, a couple
1: of people's portfolios in real okay. estate. I've been in real estate for, gosh, many years. I got my license back in Texas years ago, um, and uh, i have just always had a very kind of you know, business savvy mindset, um with business and real estate. So when I, came I out can I actually counsel-
2: attest to that. She she's actually very smart.
1: <laughs> well, we Matthew. We, 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 we picked that well, up already.
2: You're a good company tonight.
1: It's <laughs> about time you come on board. Um no, I just I you know, I, I enjoy business but I also enjoy the entertainment industry. I've been in it forever and um You know, my passion is to work on some more, you know, strategically focused things in in the entertainment industry. Um, But it it also fill us in. Well, working on a screenplay and working on a book—it's just the same things. You know, it's all—it's to reach the masses through media and you know to to capture their attention, especially young Hollywood. And my clear focus is being young women. Um, but it's also the comedy and the humorous side, you know. It's, you know, how can you kind of play it out to make it more interesting, you know, lighthearted at times, but real. Real and raw and gritty and dirty at times and funny as shit at other times and, you know, just, just to come across in as, as the most authentic way that you can to where it connects with people. They, you know, connect, they bond, they relate, they share, they cry, they laugh, they Peter their pants. You know, it's just taking people well, on a roller coaster ride.
2: Um, in case you're really bored. Uh, we are doing the Cancer Palooza event again this December, and we'd love to have you on board again.
1: Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't miss it. Wouldn't miss it. Free red wine? Hell no. <laughs> so for,
2: for, our, for our listeners out there, Cancer Palooza is a program that we put on uh, once a year in Los Angeles at the end of the year uh, that is basically an artist showcase of bands who have been affected by cancer. And I think this year we're going after some high high profile uh, talent so Stephanie I'm sure your your personal talents will come in handy and I'm sure that uh, Stacy would love to reconnect with you about that.
1: That would be fun I'd be honored to. Yeah.
0: So, so um, tell us also what is your uh, Stephanie what, what are the three points or, or two points or one point or what you really want to drive home when you go out and you speak at any number of places and you want to particularly connect with young women what is it that you want them to take away from listening to you?
1: Change your life for the better. You know? It it cancer sucks as we all know, especially when you're diagnosed at such a young age and it sucks for anybody, but you just deal with very different issues when you're a younger person in in the community. And um, you know, just change, make make lifestyle changes that are better for you, that make you happy. Because you know, the journey of cancer is not fun. through the treatments, it's not fun, it makes you sick. And it makes you depressed at times, but it is truly about, you know, what I personally feel, what you bring into your life. Um, on a side note, that can really change your whole mental outlook and, and attitude about it, because the mind is such a powerful tool. Some people are never, you know, they never wake up to how to use it. You know, some of us do. My crystal clear, eco-friendly light bulb went off. I, I get it now. You know, I, I figured out what I'm supposed to do. So you know it's that it's just that thing of um, you know be bold, be brave, be courageous, check off your bucket list, make your list in the first place, and actually start doing it. you know, change your diet and nutrition, healthy lifestyle, eating, meditation yoga, kundalini, um, you know all kinds of things for me it's you know taking my dogs to the to the dog park you know and and rescuing more dogs that I can to to nurture them and love them it's just include whatever in your lifestyle, you know. Um, that makes you feel good. Less stress, more sex, you know, just a, a a new way of living kind of thing. What was that again? <laughs> well, the, you know, you had to do something to get this, especially the two of them at the same time. Boy, you're potent. <laughs>
0: can, we, can we use that as our next T-shirt, by the way, Less Stress, More Sex? Yeah, well,
1: that's my we motto. Can, <laughs> if,
0: we can
4: attribute that even to if, you.
1: Even if it's with yourself. I mean, in a healthy way, honestly. You know, I do a lot of speaking about that to women's Jack groups.
4: Up. Well, see, I'm concerned because some of us are stressed out looking for sex. <laughs> well,
1: God bless you Well, that's what I'm saying You know, if you don't have a partner Then you need to learn how to have sex with yourself And, you know, include everything, you know That uh, can help get you there And and your yeah, couch
4: cushions. <laughs> oh,
1: Jesus Christ I don't ever come to your house Sitting cat. on your couch
2: yeah. <laughs> What'd you say? Jack has two cats And we got to wrap. But I just wanted to <laughs> just, uh, What the hell? I didn't even get a chance to defend myself? Not <laughs> Not at
1: think at I just I think I just threw up in my mouth Yeah,
2: that's okay <laughs> But um, I, I look forward to seeing you again. I miss you. I love you, and you know that. Yeah, I miss and you, And I look too. forward to
0: meeting you in person.
2: Yeah. No. Or another
0: or another chick who can hang with the guys.
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. She can hang. We have She's a lot fantastic. of notes to compare. They mm-hmm. like their balls busted. <laughs> She's a good hugger. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you that. She's a very good hugger. <laughs> you tell a lot about someone who can hug. Yep. Well, you know
1: what? The Big C I, I'm so glad you guys are having them on. I can't wait to listen to the interview after this. You know, the Big C stands for something very different for me though. You know how I live my life, Matthew. Yes. Orgasmically. So Big C is all about the big cum. <laughs>
0: wow. And on that note <laughs> We're really going out with a bang.
2: Okay. We are <laughs> All right, Stephanie, you take care of yourself. We love you. Thank you, you. Stephanie. We'll do.
1: Love you guys too. It's always right. fun. Here's
2: Stephanie Larue. Oh dear God, that just gets one of these.
3: I'm actually
4: on chat roulette right now. <laughs> <laughs> and. Sad, All right,
0: we, we're almost up to our, our uh, special guest, Arlene Hunt. Do we have a little news to get to?
2: We do have some news, but yeah. before we get to the news, I just want to talk about, you know, uh, Stephanie obviously is someone who embraces holistic lifestyle and wellness and personal, you know, karmic energies. Amen. And I saw Lynn McGuire twitching over there in the corner. <laughs> we have a quick announcement <laughs> I'm to make. too. We have a quick announcement to make for our listeners tonight. One of the things that we like to do here at the I'm Too Young for This Cancer Foundation is undertake some sort of experimental contests and things to see what flies we throw a lot of stuff at the wall just to see what sticks and one of the things we put together a couple of weeks ago was called the stupid cancer dare and uh, it was a little experiment to see if we can get our community out there to raise uh, just a little bit of money for us by daring jack buffard kenny kane and our uh, chief of the young adult leadership cabinet aaron spicer to do something stupid for money so it originally started with, you know, dressing up like Disney princesses and walking through Times Square. One of them was like run up the steps of the Empire State Building. But one Lynn McGuire decided that she's going to impart, bestow, and inculcate our generation with the need for a healthy lifestyle.
1: That's right. So Lynn, tell Okay, us so I'm going
4: to do the news now. What was the dare, Lynn?
1: I dared these guys
4: oh, God.
1: To, ha- to enjoy uh, the fruits, of a 40-day uh, diet of uh, Ayurvedic, of organic, tacos? and vegetarian nutritious food. Ha
4: <laughs> ha!
2: Yeah. And it looks About like... About that. And tonight is the last night of the dare. So if you would like to see Jack Buford actually need to uh, eat healthy and stop eating tacos, then for sure, by all means, please go to... Kenny, What the... Uh,
4: I got it right here. Oh, what, Why would you go across the room to someone who doesn't have a microphone? Read the damn URL. Mydunktank.com slash stupidcancer. Okay, mydunktank.com slash stupidcancer. And it runs until midnight Eastern time tonight. And I am begging everybody out there to vote for anything but the 40-day vegetarian diet. No, I'm
0: against that very quickly because the females in this room know what's what know what's down, know what's happening, know what the right thing to do is. Dudes, we're a health organization, we're a cancer organization, we're all about wellness,
4: hello, yeah, but,
0: and eating right, and but, fitness. But come on, no buts. No, no, Did you not have there's any on you? Come on, you got to uh, change your life up, for but, the all better. All right, Jack. We gotta we, we gotta get to the news quickly because we got our big guest Arlene
2: Holmes.
4: Are we doing the news? She's awaiting. Okay, I got I got like three quick things that I can do. Real All, right. All right, hello, All right, I'm Ken and this is
2: Eye on Cancer.
4: Just the facts, mammy.
2: Alrighty, so here's the news here. During this part of the show, we let Jack Buford stammer through a series of special announcements to let everyone know a whole bunch of stuff you might otherwise not know about, like free young adult events, conferences, happy hours retreats, scholarships, support groups, concerts, and more. If you have something you'd like to hear read during this segment of the show, please fax it to us at 877-792-6904. I think that's it. Or uh, send an email to Jack Bavard. His email is jack at
4: i2y.com. And let's present the Stupid Cancer News. Take it away, Jack. Thanks, Matt. All right, first off, we we got events.i2y.com. Events.i2y.com is your one-stop shop for all Stupid Cancer events happening nationwide. We have happy hours in New Orleans and uh, North Carolina on slate on right now. So head on over to events.i2y.com and find out what's going on in your area. Team Stupid Cancer is the nation's first running team exclusively supporting young adults. We do have some slots available for the New York City Half Marathon this coming March. Join myself, Kenny Kane, and a slew of other... People running for Team Super Cancer. And again, it's, it's team. Cameron Good News. It's team.supercancer.com. The buzz is building around the fourth annual OMG conference happening here in New York City in May of 2011. Actually, it's going to be in April, but that's another story. April 2011. Like I said, OMG 2011, put that on your radar. And finally, we have the Booth News blog. That's ycom and that is the official list of all Stupid Cancer News resources, including surveys, exercise programs, writing workshops, peer services, and fertility resources. And I just added a, uh, a, a support from our friends at Cancer and Careers. So head on over to boothnews.i2y.com. And there you go, folks. There's your abbreviated Stammer booth. All right. All right. Nobody,
2: nobody stammers like the booth. All right. And now I'm going to silence. Simon, you're staring me down. All right. I had to think of the most <laughs> appropriate intro music for Darlene. So uh, go with this. You may begin your introduction.
0: Actor, writer, comedian Darlene Hunt is originally from Louisville, Kentucky. She starred with Sean Hayes. You know him from TV's Will and Grace in Platonically Incorrect, a play she also wrote, which was later developed into a pilot by ABC. After writing nine, count them nine more pilots for various networks, her show The Big Sea, starring Laura Linney, premiered on Showtime in August. On the big screen, she played opposite Jude Law, Lily Tomlin, and I Heart Huckabee's other film credits. A Lot Like Love with Ashton Kutcher, Idiocracy, directed by Mike Judge. She's also appeared on Longin' Parks and Recreation. Please welcome the creator and executive producer of the Showtime series, the big C, Darlene Hunt.
4: Hello, Darlene.
3: Hello, Darlene.
2: Guys,
4: I'm
3: Kat. I'm terrified to speak after that intro. I feel, like I, I feel like I can't top my own intro. They're on their
2: feet here in the studio. Well, we made it all up, so, you know. You, you're,
3: you're... Exactly. I'm trying to write down the information. Like, what did I do? When this did is I... what you did. Yes. These <laughs> are all your um, accomplishments. Yeah, yes. You. I want you to, I want you to, to uh, live in my house and celebrate me like that every day. But okay. thank you. <laughs>
0: Thank we could, you. We could, we could just, you could just hit the button on that recorded v- version <laughs> and you wake up to it on your alarm or something. If you have like morning. a
2: like an outhouse, like Cato, Kalen, Jack would move out there in a second. I would. Oh, she, we have even. I wish.
4: I wish <laughs> we. I move to the Playboy Mansion with Stephanie. Oh, That's oh, a quiet, quiet.
3: Let me be clear. We're about to start a remodel because we only have one bathroom in my house. I have very little to <laughs> offer you.
4: <laughs> are you going to dig up your front yard and put in a pool? <laughs>
3: it would be, a, yeah, that that would be, a, 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 we'd have about a, a two-foot by two-foot uh, water hole. That's uh, all we'd have room for. We,
0: uh, Darlene, we, we've got so many questions for you, and questions are going to come in from the chat room or two, but I've got to say, first of all, from the, somebody who's, who covers entertainment, from the creative angle, way to write a show to back yourself into a corner where your lead ca-
3: your lead character is going to kick it. <laughs> how about that? How about yeah. that? Yeah.
0: What's up with Hey, that? you know what, Lisa?
3: You know what, Lisa? That's life. Yeah, that's life. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I know. Um, a little. Uh, a, a, a little crazy. A lot of people have a question of how we're going to do that, but um, you know, our um, we're going to try to slow down time on the series so that every season's a season, which seems to take me ten minutes to explain. But the idea being, like, um. You know, we make a big deal in the pilot about it being the first day of summer. So during the this current TV season that we're in, we're really only going to explore the summer of Kathy's life. And then a year from now, and hopefully we come back for season two, that'll just be fall. So, um, so you know, in what would amount to, say, six TV seasons, we'd really only be covering 18 months of Kathy's life. Get it?
2: So what yeah. you should really call the show 365.
3: I guess. I don't know. It's, I, I'm I, exhausted.
2: because the, the show 24 is like, you know, never mind. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really yeah. oh I got you. Really bad. Yeah, that,
0: that was too much Herbible. for everybody's brain.
2: I, I, my brain went too, too three leaps ahead of consciousness. Yes, this yes. is
0: too much
4: for
2: all of us. Well, I've got to tell you, I, I, watched, uh, I, watched the show, I watched all the episodes, and I think it's a great show. Clearly, there are a lot of questions, and we look at this show through a very different lens than the average uh, viewer out there. Um, the advocacy world uh, it always likes it when cancer tends to move more towards the mainstream. And the general public may or may not get as accurate, um, you know, a sense of what really happens, but it gets destigmatized. It gets people talking. It's not something that's hushed up in the corner anymore. And I see this more and more frequently as a trend in, in mainstream media and Hollywood and television and film, that, you know, cancer is now something that we not just can talk about, but it's sort of okay to present in the living rooms. Were you aware of that when you were planning this?
3: Um, You know, I'm not a cancer survivor myself, so I wasn't um, completely aware of sort of the cancer communities. Uh, I mean, what an amazing community it is. Um, But that being said, what I was aware of was my deep desire to put real people on TV, and, um, and to talk about real life and real experiences through a comic point of view, which is my point of view. Um, so, so that, you know, I, I, uh, my husband reminded me, I, I wrote a, a pilot a, a couple of years ago that had a character in there with a prosthetic hand. <laughs> and I met someone with a prosthetic hand, and, and this character, you know, he had had injury as a child, he had a prosthetic hand. And uh, it wasn't what the entire show was about at all, but was, it was just a part of this, you know, this person, this character. And, uh, and right before um, the, the script was about to, you know, go up to the, the president of the, of the network um, to read, they said, um, you know, just one last thought. <laughs> Does he have to have a prosthetic hand? And I was like, you know what? Everybody's got something. Everybody's got something. Like, why does everyone on TV have to just sort of have a, a be be beautiful and healthy and, and everything go in their way and they're just sort of worried about, about their next you know relationship? So I, I always like digging a little deeper, and um, and that's my story of the guy with the prosthetic hand.
0: Oh, and Darlene, tell us, <laughs> I'm sure you I'm sure you fielded this question a lot, but the decision to have Laura Linney's character not disclose that she's uh, given, basically, as you set it up, maybe a year, 18 months, five years max to live, that she's living with this terminal illness. It's positioned on the show that she doesn't want to tell any of her intimates because she kind of doesn't feel that they can handle it. Tell us about that decision. And, and the second part of that is, you know, a lot of folks just asking, playing devil's advocate is, is that something that, you know, is that message something that should be, Sense out there, you know, for folks um, who may have the disease or other family members that, um, you know, t- to present to folks that perhaps they should keep it inside for whatever reason. Um.
3: Well, I don't. Uh, I don't know that. For, for me, it's okay if you don't think that that's a good idea. You know no. what I mean? Like, I, I don't. She. Um, she's not meant to be. Sort of a poster child of of how how to do something correctly, so if you think that that's or if, if someone were to watch that and think that that was a bad idea and that they would never do that, then that's um, to me, I like the fact that they're they're thinking about the question right um, so uh, i i didn 't uh, have her make that decision because I thought it was the best one, but I thought it was an interesting uh, an interesting decision for someone to make, and her specifically I think is someone who just wants to Kind of get right with herself, um, I think there's a lot of reasons that she keeps it a secret, and not just because she doesn 't feel like other people can handle it, but I, I think that um, that she's just not she just wants to keep it for herself for a little while and and have have this cancer sort of be her own and um, I, I had lunch with a, a a cancer survivor that I met through a friend when I was writing the pilot and, and he was telling me about when he first got diagnosed and how he didn't want to tell anyone right away and he was—he uh, had all these feelings of embarrassment, like he was kind of embarrassed and ashamed oh, wow. almost. Absolutely, yeah. Which I, I mean, I was blown away by that. I thought it was so interesting and then I started doing some research online and I found out it wasn't so uncommon for people not to divulge um, their diagnosis um, right away or to certain people. Um, and uh, it seems to me that uh, that people do it for lots of different reasons. So, uh, you know, I thought I thought it was a really interesting choice, and and we kind of will explore this season of of why she makes that choice and, and whether or not it's a good one. And on well, on. my
2: my first positive sort of um, you know uh, praise uh, above everything I could ever possibly tell you personally or professionally is thank you for not giving her breast cancer. <laughs>
3: Now, why do you say that?
2: Because breast cancer is so overdone.
0: Matthew has a phrase called well, there's a, that he and others use called pink nausea. Of course, I'm a breast cancer survivor, and there's another one in the room here. Yeah. <laughs> so
2: breast, well, can- breast cancer is out,
3: you guys. No, <laughs> it's breast out. Cancer is,
2: breast cancer is too easy. And <laughs> I think that you picked a disease, which ironically is the number one cancer in, the, in 30s and 40-year-olds, interestingly enough. Um, that, uh, I mean, did you consciously know that when you chose melanoma, any reason perhaps not, you know, ovarian or um, or, or uh, like a Hodgkin's lymphoma or something?
3: Yeah, you know, I think, to be honest with you, I think it started out as lymphoma in my mind as I started kind of doing some research, and and then, um, you know, thank God for Facebook. I, um, I posted on my Facebook wall at one point, does anybody know an, an oncologist I can talk to for research, and... and um, a friend of mine from college who um, who I hadn't talked to in a long time and she had gone to medical school, she was like, "Can I help you and I forgot that she um, she is a doctor now, and so she and I um started just went back and forth and I was just um, bombarding her with questions about uh, various cancers and what that looked like and um, you know and, and just trying to 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 sort of suss out what was the best cancer for my show, and um, and melanoma was just a kind of a really a really interesting one. And, and um, I mean, look, it's all scary and horrible. I'm not going to say that I didn't lie awake at night and think I had everything we had just talked about. Um, but but th- that seemed like a that seemed like an interesting one to explore.
2: And and I guess my other question for you is, uh, again, in, just in looking at research, my job. Is to basically study our culture and see where cancer pops up and what the trends are to help our organization, which is solely focused on young adults, understand, you know, our roles in, within our own spaces and our lives in this country within the cancer conversation. There was a, a major controversy on Grey's Anatomy two seasons ago when the Izzy character was diagnosed with melanoma. And the writers of the show got so lambasted and scrutinized by the National Cancer Institute, the National Melanoma Research Foundation, even the American Cancer Society, because of the implausibility of the dialogue, the, the, the treatments or the protocols or how it spreads to this or that. Are you concerned about that, or are you writing from the heart and this is just what happens to the character? Um, am I concerned about potential criticism? Right, like clinical but, criticism. How, how accurate are you yeah. looking to, to, you know, have this character go through this diagnosis and procedure
3: i I'm just making up my own version of melanoma and no I, i'm we are trying to be as accurate uh, and as honest as possible and and a few things uh like I said, my friend that i was was um, corresponding with during the pilot she would be like, "Well, you know the facts are this, blah blah blah, but you know look, they take everything uh, you know everything's watered down on TV. So if you did it that way, it would be fine. I'd be like, no, 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 no. I was like, don't give me a loophole. Like I, I, I really want to um, do this as accurately as possible. So, um, so myself, the staff, we're we're trying our best. We've had uh, doctors come in and talk to us. We're um, uh, we're doing a lot of research and um, and trying to to keep keep the the specific um cancer talk and and treatment and so forth as accurate as possible. So uh, yeah.
4: That's, yeah. Hi, this is Jack. Um yeah, and Hi, that's Jack. important because like I personally have had a lot of, you know, internal criticism of the is the is the character on Grace because, you know, in addition to her her diagnosis and her treatment, she went in for brain surgery and came out with a perfectly groomed head of of blonde hair and I was just <laughs> like that's so unrealistic. Like can ABC not afford a bald cap for this actress? Um <laughs> And one of the questions that we just got from the chat room is, uh, you know, is Laura Linney's character going to lose her hair, her lashes, her eyebrows, and and stuff like that? Because there are so many of us that are are in the survival world that look at Hollywood's portrayal of a cancer patient as, you know, not realistic.
3: Well, uh, you know, again, she, um, you know, she forgoes chemo in the beginning. But but whatever, um, you know, Whatever treatment, uh, if and when she decides to do it, whatever would be the appropriate, um, um, you know, repercussions of that, we we plan and, and hope to demonstrate accurately, as well as just the you know the natural progression um, of the disease, as, as as best that that we can. We really, um, you know, we want to portray it accurately. You know, that being said, I will tell you, like. I don't you know much like your um your other guest was talking earlier that she tries to make her her life about living and in, enjoying moments like um I don't think the show itself is is about cancer like it, you know that's kind of the the biggest joke the punchline of the show is that it's not um, totally about cancer. It's about living, you know, changing the way you live your life and, and um, trying to make the most of it. So
2: but She seems to have gotten intensely fearless. Like, we didn't know her character before she was diagnosed, and now it right. seems like she's become, you know, just brazenly fearless and uh, just so self-entitled beyond reproach. Um, it's almost like she's channeling our inner id, the, the the person we all wish we could be all the time. hmm is that
0: which I think is an interesting yes. an interesting point. I mean, unlike Gray, I mean this is not a medical show like Grey's Anatomy. Gray's Anatomy right. is a show that's set in a the hospital. There are doctors. It's a medical show. You're not a medical show. I mean, I think to to, to your point, and I don't want to put more, well words in your mouth, but go so ahead. It's, yeah, seizing the, seizing the moment and living life. Yeah. And mm-hmm. What would we do if we just knew that our time was shortened, regardless of why that may be? Um, and uh, yeah. there are some, you know, amazing. I mean, I find myself living very vicariously, you know, through this character of, and I think we all do, regardless of our situation in life, cancer or not, of being able to walk up to someone. I mean, I love the scenes with the son and grabbing him by the throat, and you know, when she fakes her own death in the bathtub awesome and sort of stick, and, it, and
4: going off on the neighbor, going yeah. off on the
0: neighbor and sticks it back to them. Who who can't root for that? I mean, you don't have to be a cancer survivor to root for all of that stuff. You know, that's great stuff. And the, the, the stuff that she has with the supporting characters um, is is just is just terrific and
3: really funny. Oh, well, good. Well, isn't that the irony? Like, you, you have an, an interaction, and then you go sit down with your friend and and sort of explore the interaction. Like, oh, that you know, this person was rude to me at the coffee shop, and I you know, I wanted to say blah blah blah. And my sort of point is like, well, then what stopped you? I mean, short short of being um, just um, grotesquely inappropriate or punching somebody in the face, like, um, you know, what's to stop us with just sort of speaking, speaking our truth and, and, and what might be the repercussions of that? Maybe something really great. Maybe you'll tell somebody, um, some crotchety, you know, person who's chosen to be crotchety for a long time, something that makes them think like, yeah, maybe I'll start being nice. It's like um, Ebenezer
4: Scrooge. Right. What's that? It's like converting Ebenezer Scrooge.
3: Yes, that's what it's
4: like. <laughs> I'm glad she agrees with you, Jack.
0: Yes, um, Charlene. Also, you know, it's, it's interesting though. You do have, I know. Jenny Bix uh, is your showrunner, uh, executive producer, also on the show, um, yep. who folks might recognize from Sex and the City, kind of most notably. Um, and she is a breast cancer survivor, correct?
3: So that's right.
0: Um, so, and and somebody again who's who's intimately involved in this show. Does it spur a dialogue? On the set among I mean it touches everybody I think is it is it correct that you had an aunt who is battling breast cancer as well? I mean all of us are touched by it one way or another, having Jenny there and being so having first hand knowledge of it, and I'm assuming others do you get into that kind of dialogue you know when you know you're
3: on? what yeah, we're when we're not shooting, or you mean in terms of like in the writer's room when we're well, working uh, on it
0: I think all, all of it, it. I, all of it, yeah.
3: You know, I was just reminded of a story. The, the New Yorker had this really interesting article about, like, the end of life and the choices you make. And they profiled these cancer stories and how the choices of treatment. It was just an incredible article. And um, we were a, a shooting in Connecticut. And it was the last week. And I read this article, and um, and I
4: um, –
3: I was telling everyone to read. it. I was like, I had printed it out for everybody and the producers, and I was like, Jenny, you've got to read this article. I keep wanting to talk about it, but I can't talk about it because nobody's read it. And you've got to read it. And then so finally, I come um, come come back to said, and she's sitting there like weeping, and she's like, Why would you give this to me? I am a cancer survivor. I was like, I was crying too, and I'm not a survivor. So we were both bawling reading this um, article and and then bonding over it, but. Um, uh, you know, I I, ca- I can't really tell you what the point of that story was, other than uh, we're we're more alike than different in our conversations. I find so we're um, you know we actually have two other staff members who well one other's a a, can- um, a breast cancer survivor and then the other one's his wife is um, is battling brain cancer, so we have a lot of. Um, I mean, we're just always talking about life and death and moments, and they, you know, certainly have their very real, unique, uh, firsthand accounts. Um, but at the same time, we can all draw from experience as of that just uh, feeling of regret, like w- what do you regret doing, what do you want to do differently, what do you – um, if if you, we can all imagine, if we, um, you know, had a limited time to live. So anyway, there's lots of interesting conversations. I feel like I'm, I'm boring myself to death. I hope you guys are mildly entertained. <laughs> I'm hanging uh, on every word. Well, I mean, <laughs>
2: looking back retrospectively, and I'm like a sort of a trend analyst. Uh, Laura Linney's character is certainly not Deborah Winger in terms of endearment, mm-hmm. you know. And I think I, that we've come a long way over the last nearly 30 years yeah. since that character's portrayal you know, that she's not a victim, she's a self-advocate. But, you know, again, I mean, looking through the lens of healthcare, melanoma is an incredibly curable disease, and we're starting off under the assumed premise that she's terminal and there's nothing that she can do. It doesn't seem to be the appearance of having had surgery. The doctor isn't talking about, you know, oral chemotherapy or or, or CAT scans. I know she was looking at something on a, on a chart in the doctor's office in one of the scenes but uh, to, to what extent is there a balance, in, in your opinion, between the suspension of disbelief, you know, versus obviously the need to have, be creative and have a great show and the public impression you want people to take away from this?
3: Um, you know, everybody's um, – it's my experience or it's my understanding. Like, everyone's cancer experience is, is different and unique. And it is your um, – um, is Stephanie – was it Stephanie? She yeah. was on yeah. earlier. Yeah. yeah. As she was saying, like, she's a survivor five years out, and then her friend passed, like, lost her battle. I mean, that's so intense. But the point is, everybody's situation is so unique, and, and it seems as though it, everyone takes different paths. And um, because this isn't a, a medical show and specifically focused, um, you know, on the cancer of it all, like we won't necessarily spend a ton of time explaining every de- decision or at putting every conversation. Like we like to imply that there were conversations that have been been had, and then we we pick up with her choice off of that. Um, so I, I guess um, you know I, I mean I I, I defend I, I defend. Um, sort of her path and her journey and the choices she's making. That being said, I can promise you that we will, that, you know, Kathy is absolutely going to explore some treatment options um, and, and go down that path and that she does want to, uh, to try to get more time and she does want to try to, um, to, to beat this thing. So, but, but yeah, her, her journey is, is complicated.
0: Darlene, talk to us a little bit about, I know you uh, recently became a new mom. Is that correct?
3: I did. For the second time, I have a six-month-old and, uh, and a two-and-a-half-year-old at home. Mazel tov. <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, Matthew, I was looking at super cute pictures of twins.
2: I just wanted to squish their little faces. Oh, my God. <laughs> an executive director of Showtime is my Facebook stalker.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Congrats.
2: Thank you. They're four months old, and they're fantastic. I love being a dad.
0: So, so very so, cool, so talk to us again because I've read a little bit about how this show uh obviously because you're dealing in these grand themes of life and death and kind of tapped into your motherhood death <laughs> yeah you know that
3: uh, yes, that i mean that's that's absolutely um correct like I, you know I had been um, um the a few things. I'll just ramble on. Cut me off, if you will. Um, Go for it. Go for it. But I, um, I've been pitching a show for a few years that was set in the waiting room of, of an ICU unit of a hospital. <laughs> and it was a comedy. And uh, it was sort of based based on the fact that uh, both of my grandpas were really in and out of hospitals and ill when I was growing up. So we were always in the hospital, it seemed. I think I celebrated my birthday in the waiting room one year, like life just happened while we were in the waiting room of the hospital, and um I thought I could write a hilarious um and 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 true and, and gritty um comedy sort of set in that environment. Uh, nobody bought it, everyone thought that that was very sad and uh and they just couldn't get their head around it um. So then when I sat down with a producer to have a general meeting, we were talking about ideas, and she, Vivian Cannon um, is her name, she said, you know, I think it's time for a cancer comedy. And uh, and it instantly spoke to me, you know, partly for the reason I mentioned, of sort of the areas that I had been working in and and, um, and my sort of view of, of life, that there's, there's death ever lurking. And... Um, and I said, I said, well, I'm, I'm not a cancer survivor, so I need to find my way into that show. But I'm interested, so let me think on that. Um, and I went away, and I just had my first baby. And uh, my husband came home from work, and I was crying. And he said, what's wrong? Do you wish we didn't have her? And I said, no, I just every time I look at her, I cry because I just want to be with her for the rest of her life. And I'm not going to because I'm going to die. Um, and not because I have cancer, because that just happens. And, you know, God willing, you go first. Um, but that thought was so overwhelming to me, and it was like a light bulb that I just at that moment realized that I was going to die, where I never had to sort of think about it or confront it before. So that became my way into the show, that it was a story about um, a mother confronted with her mortality for the first time. And and that's why... Um, and like I said, I, I respect the cancer angle so much, and, and this community has been amazing and supportive. Um, well, Countess
2: us, is count us part of that community because, you know, I'm, I'm, like absolutely. you said, what you tied into before is that making cancer funny. You know, it's like it's taboo. It literally, you know, 10 years ago it was the C word or the big C, and, and people whispered it. And today here we are, we have a national and international talk radio show with a quarter million people worldwide who's taking a listen to it talking about cancer. I'd have never thought this would have existed, you know, ten years ago. So it's a testament to how we're moving in our culture to a a desensitized state.
0: And sometimes we're funny, although not inten not always intentionally. (laughs) Well, that's never
2: intentionally funny. (laughs) Yeah. But in terms of you, 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 I I worked with Margaret Nagel a couple of years ago as a script advisor for a show she did on Lifetime with Warner Brothers called Side Order of Life, and. One of the secondary characters, the sort of pseudo-main character, was a young woman living with brain cancer. And she was not the main character. Her storyline was not the main storyline. But she was just woven into the plot as if this is just part of life and it wasn't a medical story. Um, and, and I thought that was a testament to how, you know, it, it isn't necessarily, you know, don't, if, I forget the, the expression, but, you know, if, if you're looking for something too hard, there's probably nothing there. That it was just about the story and the characters and this is what was going on. Uh, and, and just continuing your trend of making things funny, you may not know Seth Rogen is working on a film with Mandate Pictures uh, based on a screenplay written by his friend Will Reiser, who himself is a young adult cancer survivor. I can't but, see Seth Rogen doing anything serious, so this is clearly probably going to be some sort of comedy. <laughs>
3: Right, right, yeah, I know of that movie. Well, it's got a fun name to it. Um, can, is it Cancer or is That's a different one. It, it, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. it was
0: I'm with Cancer. I think they changed it, uh, but that was the original screenplay. I think it was it was I'm with I'm with Cancer. Yeah,
3: you know,
0: funny. <laughs> it's funny.
2: If you if you ever say hi to him, tell him we want him on the show too. <laughs> oh,
3: good deal. Yeah, perhaps our, our paths will cross.
2: Fantastic. Um, so, the, the but can- I think
3: you know people with the. Oh no, go. Is
2: there a question? Bring it on. Just, the question that I've gotten asked the most of all these people, is what's the deal with her being a smoker? Was that a conscious choice, or did that just fall into play as you were developing the character?
3: You know, it just fell into play. I mean, I I think a lot of it is with the... Again, they're not... They don't have to be great choices, (laughs) you know. um, But I... Because I think she's a little bit angry, too. And and so I think she's smoking a little bit out of, like, fuck this, I'm angry. And... um, and so I'll just you know I I tried to I, I tried the clean living and I still got screwed by cancer so right, screw it. Right. Um light me up. Um and and so I, you know like I said I don't want it to be like clean and nicey nice I I, I want to ha- play some of those moments and I, I I like it. I mean I like exploring like what would you do if you found out you had a limited amount of time and some of it can be bizarre. I mean it's Even just the fact of when she says, uh, I I want to eat desserts and liquor, I know for myself, like, good God, I would just stop worrying about what I'm eating. I don't need cancer to feel
2: that way, though. (laughs) Yeah,
0: this group, group, desserts and liquors, is not, as you know, we brought up the smoking, but we we did not bring up the desserts and liquors for a reason. (laughs) Everybody's on board
3: with that here.
0: Um, well, I know that
3: you know there's a lot of conversation, you know, healthy, healthy eating, and a healthy life. But also, like, just sometimes you just want to feel good. And and if you knew that that your life expectancy had just been cut short, I'm like, you know what? Just let her, just let her, um, you know, throw caution to the wind and and be a little crazy I think and feel I- good. I-
0: yeah, I think many, many of us have, have been there or know someone who has. I mean, a lot of the themes that you mentioned, embarrassment, I went through that as a breast cancer patient at 29. I had a horrible embarrassment at it, you know, at, at the beginning. And I think that's something that our young adult community can relate to. I had a friend in college who had testicular cancer who lived in the eco house and did, ate nothing but vegan. And then got cancer uh. and said, screw it, all bets are off, give me a big juicy steak. You know, so yeah, exactly. That's, that's, uh, I can totally relate to that. I have to also ask you about your star. I mean, one of the great things I love, and, and uh, I love the folks over at uh, Showtime, Jackie and Faye and all the good folks that mm-hmm. I've worked with over there for years. Um, uh, you, what a fantastic, first of all, the PR on this show, you've been everywhere, which is amazing. Uh, the events uh, are, were just all over the place. Your, your ads, uh, Laura Linney on the cover of uh, New York Times
3: Magazine. Um, right she's, she's, if, we, if we fail, we can't say Showtime didn't push us. That, that's, sort of a, that's sort of a party line. If you have a show failure, like, well, you know what? They didn't promote us.
0: <laughs> that's right. They, they, they had your back on this one, big time. <laughs> right. Right. But uh, so she, so Laura Linney, though, who's just so hot right now, just talk to. her um, and Obviously, our audience knows her well. Talk to us about her embracing this role. What does she bring to it? Did she add sort of her own nuances to it as well? Uh, talk to us about Laura.
3: Yeah, well, you know, she, the president of Showtime, um, uh, at, at, who just uh, there was just sort of a, a change of command there. But Bob Greenblatt was the one who wanted to go to her, and uh, he he knew that she had said she didn't want to do TV, but he was hoping that she would just be uh, fall in love with the, the script, and um, and she kind of did. And I think it also, not I think I, I know that it also came to her at a time in her life where she had just lost um some people who were special to her and she was really um, you know thinking about death and time and and um, and so it came to her at a place where it was it was really had a lot of meaning for her and um, and so she came on board and I was just hugely grateful and um, you know, everyone who read the script after they knew she was on board uh, assumed that it had been written with her in mind because she really just... Um, and embraces it so you know it's just a testament to her acting that she um, that she just embraces that character like she does. And, and um, mother, I was just going to say, yeah. her mother
0: was a, a cancer nurse at Sloan Kettering, I believe. Is that right?
3: Yeah, that's right. And yeah, uh, yeah she was on set recently and um, and came and is was, is also like really, you know, thinks the material and getting um, you know this idea just this this topic out there is is pretty great. Um, and she's just, you know, she's just amazing. She's really sincere um, a, about this, and, and you know, really wants—I don't—just really wants people to, uh, to to watch the show and to, to think about it and to, to kind of make a difference. Um, and she's been really great.
2: Well, I mean, like I said, we—if you had told me ten years ago we'd be having a, 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 an international radio show just talking about cancer in a humorous light and that there, were, there was a show on cable that was all about this and we're poking a stick at it and we're, the very fact that we're having this conversation, you've created a dialogue that didn't exist and that's the most meaningful part of all of this that we have to take away. So people are gonna be talking about this and, and, and any conversation is better than none. But I have one very specific thing to thank you for. Uh, if you've done nothing in your career, uh, the non-fiction work Idiocracy could quite possibly be the greatest film ever made. You know, you're not the only person
3: who's brought that up in an in interview. And um, it's got this little cult following. I mean, it never even got a real release. But, but people who sort of stumble across it really uh, really love it. And, and I agree. I think it's just really smart in like the goofiest, dumbest way. It reminds me, my, my friend tells me that... Um, I'm the smartest, dumb person she knows. Or maybe I'm the dumbest, smart person. See, that's how dumb I am. I can never get it right. Um,
2: <laughs> but but it's, uh, it's nonfiction. People don't seem to understand that, that it's got electrolytes and it's nonfiction.
3: <laughs> it's a good movie.
2: Go out Great and movie. see it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, thank you so much for your time. We really are very respectful of it. We know how busy you are. But this has been fantastic.
0: We love the show. Hey, thank and, you. Uh, come back and see us again.
3: Yeah, you guys have made me feel really good. I really appreciate it, and I, and I hope I do you proud with the show,
2: and, um, and thanks. And I, I'd be a bad executive director and founder at Cancer Survivor if I didn't offer my personal services and that of our organizations to help you along the path should you have any questions or needs or want to get in touch with anybody to help you sculpt the show.
3: But mostly we'll, well, just, we... la- we'll just laugh a lot. Okay, well, fair enough, and uh, we might take you up on that because, like I said, we're, we're reaching out to a lot of places to make this thing happen, so thank you.
2: All right, thank, thank you, you so much. Darlene, Darlene Huns, Huns. everybody.
4: Bye. Bye. Thank you. That was
2: fantastic. That was great. That was fantastic.
4: Good lady. And it is. It's such a
2: good show, too.
4: I don't even like the word it really lady. is.
2: No, I think the writing is great. Um, I, I think Laura Lenny can do no wrong in my eyes. Terrific. Funny, and the the,
0: the the supporting characters on the show and her interaction with Oliver them. Oliver Platt. To yeah,
2: Oliver Platt can also do no wrong. I thing. love Oliver Platt. And
0: Gabby from Precious. Come on. Gabby
4: Rathidibay. Yeah. She's in
0: the way. She's fantastic. How funny,
4: you know, thinking about, like, you know, uh, Laura Lenny's character's anger and everything. Yeah. And just, like, like kind of just saying, like, fuck it. You know, I have cancer. I'm going to live my life or whatever. But, like, going off on Gabby's character in that in that in uh, that classroom scene. In the in the series premiere, when she was yeah. like, you know, so either lose weight and be happy, or and be jolly, yeah, or uh, or no, no keep the weight and be yeah. jolly, or be a skinny bitch, right? right. She exactly. said
0: you got fat people are jolly, or you're a skinny bitch. You can't be right. right. You can't be a, a, a fat bitch. Basically, right. I'm, I'm that's what she said. Yeah. You know was, my my hilarious. favorite
2: Oliver Platt movie is of all time. <laughs> I, I don't know I, it's one of those other movies that you either saw it or you didn't but you have to rent it and I swear to the entire listenership out there everyone must go see The Impostors yeah. Stanley Tucci and Oliver Platt a brilliant oh, yes, brilliant brilliant a see, now, well, for, wait a
0: minute I'm getting back to the big C I want to give a shout out to Phyllis Somerville who plays the neighbor Marlene across the way with yeah, the dog she's great yeah. that's
2: you really in like strong, 10 years Lisa. Really oh. strong.
4: <laughs> that is so terrible
2: you know what? Please I'll be Leave only. Very ha- please be only. Happy. Come back. Come back.
4: You can borrow my lawnmower any day. Oh, no. God. Terrible.
0: I mow the lawn. I like to mow the lawn. Yeah, that's thrilling. Anyway, um, <laughs> no, she's a uh, great, great supporting uh, characters in this, and hopefully we'll Shoot. we'll have them all uh, back The Big C, back on the big studio You know, Jack camera. made
2: so many bad comments tonight, and I totally missed this cue.
0: I don't know how you missed that yes. I was I was I almost did it verbally myself I'll but I thought no Matthew this is, this go ahead in
4: fact that's just, my parents have that sound effect when I pull into the driveway <laughs> they play it
0: no I think actually the day you were born when you came out of your mother's womb the doctors
4: wah, wah, wah. <laughs> all right all right are we done we're done I this show so. was a complete train wreck <laughs> And there goes our studio audience. This ever moment is brought to you all by right. Hammerman Angel. I'm having
2: well, one. way too much fun with the sound cues right now.
0: Give it a rest, Matt.
2: Yeah. All right. All right, folks. Now it is time for our closing sequence. Prepare
4: to activate. Uh, I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. You ever seen a grown man naked? And so, to all of you, a fond farewell. Hooray, I'm helping. You Or a Oh, Magoo, (laughs)
2: you've done it again.
0: That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer.
2: All right, folks, that's tonight's show, our 148th broadcast. We hope you had as much fun as we did poking a stick at Stupid Cancer.
0: Thank you to our amazing guest tonight, Survivor, books model, advocate Stephanie LaRue, and creator, executive producer of the showtime series The Big C. And you can catch We're the Big C Mondays at ten thirty PM E.T. and Pacific Time, only on Showtime. Thank you to Darlene Hunt, creator and
2: executive producer. And our live in-studio guests, Lynn McGuire, Mark Juan, Kennedy, and Ellen Eloise Tolberg, Aaron Eloise Tolberg are here. Next week's show back is all about the early act. Our advocate spotlight is Lindsay Abner, young adult breast cancer advocate and the founder of Be Bright Pink, and Representative Debbie Wasserman Schultz, breast cancer survivor chief deputy whip of the U.S. House of Representatives, Florida's 20th congressional district, our first D.C. person on the show. She's a
4: rock star politician, awesome. tune in for her. She's great. So lastly, folks, if you've missed
2: any of our past shows, all 147 of them. Subscribe to the iTunes podcast and download them all at itunes.i2y.com or check out the archive at stupidcancershow.com. Remember, if it's not stupid, it's not cancer. We'll see you all back here next week, my friends, live from the chemo deck. Jack DeFart, Lisa Bernhardt, Captain Stuby and I wish you a great week. Go to bed and Kramer. Get busy living.